Let us speak of Latin squares. I, I don't know why I said it like that. I, I just kind of felt like doing that. So, okay. We discussed the procedure for dealing with the nuisance variable. What is it? It's blocking. Right? Tremendous. Um, we did repeated measures, which is also a special case of blocking, really. You're just each subject is a block. They're using this for people as their own controls. But it really is a, a special case of, 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 a, of a nuisance variable. That's all repeated measures really are. You can also, this is something, and I'm not going to explain this to you. I'm not going to teach this to you. You can wait until you're in graduate school if you want to learn about this. There is something called analysis of covariance, and COBA. And what it does is it statistically removes, if you can't block on something, let's say we had, I don't know, let's say we thought the applied Q was a really important variable, um, and it would, it would add a lot of variance. We want to remove it, but we can't make blocks of people's IQs. We could statistically remove the variance due to IQ. It's done using regression, which we will talk about. Um, there's nothing wrong with ANCOVA. It just is theoretically, um, it's beyond the scope of this course. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so you might learn about it someday. You'd rather typically do something where you really can get the variable itself and see if it's significant, something like that. You know, see how much variance you took out. It's a little harder to do with ANCOVA. Um, okay, what if you had two nuisance variables? So now you've got two nuisance variables and a third variable because you have to have an independent variable. Wow. Are you going to cross them? Right? Are you going to make a completely randomized design, as they call it, where you'd have, so let's say you have three levels of the independent variable and three levels of, one, of nuisance variable one and three levels of nuisance variable two. You're going to have to find subjects that fit all of those, you know, okay, are you level one on this nuisance variable and level two on this nuisance variable? That's going to be hard to find people. That's a hard thing to design. You could do it, but it'd be hard to do. Well, like if you had, think about our French learning example, right? So one of the, so the three ways of, of learning French, and one of the, that was our independent variable we were interested in. Now, let's say we have, and we talked about how prior experience would be valuable. So we've got people that are, that are naive to French. We have people that have learned, that are that, that maybe have, have done um, French immersion, and then we have people that are completely bilingual. Those will clearly be nice blocks we can use. Now, let's say we have to think about another variable, and it might be, what's another variable that could affect language learning? Let's go with IQ, why not? Right, intelligence, just general intelligence, something wrong with that. So now we're gonna have a group that has, one is gonna be uh, people that are 90 to 100 IQ, people that are 100 to 110, and people that are 110 to 120. Think of how, how hard this is gonna start to get. Now we need to find people that are Naive to a language, that language, and an IQ between 90 and 100. Then we need another person that's naive to the language, and has an IQ between 100 and 110. Then we have to find another person who's naive to the language, has an IQ of 110 to 120. Now do it again for people that are bilingual, and do it again for the French immersion. That's going to be a royal pain. And in fact, it might even be, come to the point where it's almost impossible to get the subjects. Yeah, that looks like it's 
Yeah, yeah, and all the pretty testing you'd have to do. It'd be crazy. And if you do it, I'm not saying you couldn't do it. People do do stuff like that. It's just very hard. It's very hard. And you're not that interested in the blocks anyway. They're just, they're nuisance variables. They're nuisance. They're in the way. They're like, get out of my way. It's like another lock in your shoe. They had all, the whole walk up here, to the bus stop from my house, and you know, it's, it's snowing out. I'm not taking my shoe off. Because if I'm standing like this, I'm going, ah, he's falling in, we'll be back. So we play on the bus. Just saying, that was a nuisance variable, it was a rock. Nuisance, it's annoying, right? You, you don't care. You know that's going to affect the learning of the language. You don't, that's not your experiments about, but you know it's important. You ignore them. You ignore them in that you don't interpret anything about them. In fact, there aren't any error terms to test them. So then you would technically have like one big group in three different IQ levels. You could do that. You could do two experiments. But again, why wouldn't you think that there might be an interaction between those two? And then, of course, the whole thing is just such a nightmare to have two nuisance variables. There's a better way to do it. There must be a better way. And there is. I don't know why I did it like that. Put one nuisance variable in a row and like the other one in columns. Yeah. And then, I, you know, it's not as exciting as I seem to think it is. Put the other one in columns. One in rows, one in columns, and then levels of the independent variable can be sort of cells, the intersections of those rows and those columns, right? What you get, oh, that was neat, is you get this. Okay, rows and columns, the one, twos, threes, and fours, those are different levels of a nuisance variable. And I'm sorry this is the way it's done, these aren't different variables. These are different levels of your independent variable, A, B, C, and D. They aren't, there's no variable A, variable B, variable C, variable D. It's level one, level, it's level A, level B, level C, level D. I did it like that because that's the way it's always done. I don't like it either. So one to four is the like lowest level of that? Of one nuisance variable. And one to four is levels of the other nuisance variable. Right? And then A, B, C, D are the four levels of the independent variable. So that would be the different learning methods? Okay. Different learning methods, A, B, C, D, and different experiences with French, and different IQ levels. Yeah. So the nuisance variables go in the rows and the columns. And what we're doing here is we're putting one subject in each cell. So one person who has one and one on both nuisance variables gets level A, or the first level. One person who has two and three gets level B, that's it. If we did this the other way and had actual blocks and they were crossed, we would, what do we need here? We need 16 subjects. If we did this, we're crossed everything, we'd need 64 subjects, four by four by four. So like I said, A, B, C, and D are levels of a factor. They, they aren't independent variables, okay? 
Each row, sorry, each level occurs in each ordinal position. Note that A only occurs here once, it occurs here once, it occurs here once, it occurs here once. <coughs> D is here, it's here, it's here, it's here. Each row and each column has each level once. Okay. And in fact, uh, a person who did their honors thesis with me about four years ago used the Latin squares. And we had. Instead of testing 64 people, we had 16 people. Because it was going to be impossible to find 64 <coughs> people. It was, it was going to be a nightmare, but she found 16 people was no problem. It was a really neat experiment. But identifying noxious odors that are masked by other things was very cool. Jen Sochon was her name, and she was a great owner student. Had a great edit, it's a good group that year. Not like the idiots I have this year. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just playing. These are jokes. So you need equal numbers of rows, columns, and independent variable levels. It's a restriction. You've got to have like four levels of each, or three, or seven, or what the hell you're doing. And the model is this. X equals mu plus alpha plus beta plus gamma plus epsilon. But so it's any score equals the grand mean plus rows plus columns plus treatment, that's the one we're interested in, plus residual and error, what's left over. And these have kind of a special looking uh, word I'm looking for. Source of variation degrees of freedom table. It's a bit different. Now again, I know I, they, they do this all the time, and it's not my fault, but now in this kind of design, it's rows, columns, independent variable. I know before alpha and beta were just variables. Now they're rows and columns of the two nuisance variables you have. So the analysis of variance looks like this. Rows, columns, independent variable, residual, total. There are P rows, P columns, and P levels of the independent variable. Okay? So if the example that we had with four, it's going to be three, 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 six, which adds up to 15, and there were 16 observations, yay. Because P is 4, so it's going to be 3, 3, and 3, and then P minus 1 times P minus 2, right? So that's going to be 3 times 2, 6. Total is always N minus 1. There's 16 observations in the example I just used there. That would be 15. What's that? P's the number of rows, and the number of columns, and the number of levels of the independent variable. Yep. It just always is. Are they added together or independent? I don't understand the question. You said P is the number of rows, columns, and levels. No, all of those, because they always have to be the same. Oh. 
Because it won't be a square. It's called Latin square, so it would be a Latin rectangle. <laughs> right, so it's rows, columns. So it's like seven. If it's seven, this would be six, 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 thirty. Forty-eight. That would be right. This is forty-nine observations. Seven by seven. So one of the things, one of the important assumptions of this is you have to have an equal number of rows, columns, and levels of the independent variable. Good question. Other questions on this? Does this make sense? So remember, all we have here is two nuisance variables. That's all that's happened. And again, let's say you had three and three and three. You might think, well, it wouldn't be hard to find three and three and three. You only, all you need, if it's a three by three by three, you need 27 subjects. Yeah. And probably finding three people for each level, that is probably doable. Seven by seven, instead of needing 49 subjects for a Latin square, you're going to need uh, 749, seven, seven cubed. Eight, uh, times three, so that's 297. 344 people. Yeah, no. 49 is easier. Good. Yeah. For every cell, it will be equal to just one, one person. One person. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. It's a more advanced kind of design, but you can do it with two or three subjects per cell. That can be done. Um, the other way you do this is instead of having two or three subjects per cell, you have two Latin squares beside each other, and then you have rows, columns, uh, independent variable, residual, and then square. There's another source of variations which square. Yeah, that was actually a question we had on a, on a, a final exam at school, which was how would you analyze this? We also had one that was incomplete, so it was a four by three. So what do you do? That was great. You could also do a cube. No one does this. This is all theoretical. Uh, and you use rows and columns and then depth. Okay, and you do those with, uh, so that's now three uses variables. Uh, that's called a Greco Latin square or something like that. And you use Greek letters to go back this way. And then if you do two cubes, you use like Hebrew. I'm <laughs> dead serious. I'm dead serious. Uh, no one does that. It's all just in the statistics literature. No one actually does a design like that. That's the point where you just go, you should probably think of another thing to do your thesis on. <laughs> you just, it's crazy. But these can be really useful, these designs. They really can be. Um, so, like I said, they can be useful if you've got to meet the stringent assumptions, which is equal levels of rows, columns, so two nuisance variables, and independent variable. But that isn't as hard as it sounds. You can usually sort of figure that out. Um, there can't be any interactions. You know that model had rows, had grand mean and error, but rows, columns, and IP. You can say there were interactions. There can't be any. Just like is the case with uh, the, the randomized block design. You can't have interactions. So equal number of rows, columns, and IP. That's not as hard as it seems. This is probably the most stringent one, and you can never know. And you can't really even know with EDA. 
exploratory data analysis. There's no real way to pin them because you don't have everything crossed with everything else. You could draw a graph and say, well, what happens when uh, level two occurs with level one and level three? Oh, that never happens. <laughs> so you just can't know. So that's a pain. Right. But these can be useful. And like I said, unlike the hierarchical designs, which I would say to avoid, I wouldn't avoid these. These are, these are perfectly acceptable, acceptable and perfectly useful designs. There's nothing wrong with these at all. Nothing wrong with these at all. You got questions about the Latin square? We should do that on the exam. You might. Like actually do a Latin square? Like calculate it? Yeah. I don't know. Computers do that for you. Yeah. No, but you might be given one, and, and, and I might ask you to, to do the source variation and degrees of freedom table for it, but I mean, P minus 1, P minus 1, P minus 1, P minus 1 times P minus 2. Put that on Right? And you'll know that it's like that because it'll say rows, columns, and independent variables instead of A, B, and A by D. You know, so it's almost a gift giving you one of those. If I gave, like, going the other way, going from the SV table to the design. If it says rows and columns in it, yeah, well, that's <laughs> what else could it be, right? And like I said, these aren't like I have never seen uh, a student do a thesis, for example, using hierarchical design. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Last time I knew about it was my friend John did it in, in, in undergrad, and he didn't know he was doing it. And then one of his grads, dude, like guys, the grad students, like, "Whoa, you've got nested factors," and he's like, "I don't even know what that means." But I've seen a couple of people at the time I've been here use Latin squares and they're perfectly fine and they're useful and you know there's nothing wrong with them. They can be real lifesavers if you have two two pieces variables. Real lifesavers. All right.